right, and uh, go to, uh, we're going to be a lot in the book of Proverbs. That's mainly where we're going to be. We may be in some other places, but Proverbs is mainly where we're going to be at. So let's start off in Proverbs uh, chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. I'm going to read a verse there, and then we're going to flip over to Proverbs chapter 17, and I'm going to read a verse there. And we're continuing our Bible study, uh, or our, our messages, I should say. I guess uh, all my teaching has preaching, and all my preaching has teaching. Amen? So uh, whether it's a Sunday night, uh, Thursday night, you're going to about just about get the same style. Amen? Uh, but uh, Proverbs chapter 8, we're continuing our Bible study uh, on the subject of the tongue. And I can't think of something more important that every single one of us uh, uh, need to work on in our life. And by the way, let me just say this. As I'm preaching this, all right, uh, if in your mind, uh, you're like, oh, so-and-so needed that, all right, you're missing the whole point, amen? And uh, why don't we all just uh, concentrate on us, amen? Because I know about y'all, I have a hard enough time taking care of this guy right here, all right? And so let's just, as the Word of God preached, let's let the Holy Spirit uh, work on our hearts, amen? Because there's not one of us, I promise you, can't improve in these areas we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, if you find your place, stand with me together. I'm going to read a verse here, and then I'm going to read a verse in Proverbs chapter 17. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, we're there. Let's look at the uh, verse we're going to look at, verse 6, all right? Proverbs chapter, by the way, you know what? Think about this. Uh, Maybe the devil doesn't want us to talk about this tonight, amen? Wants us to be a little distracted, okay? And uh, listen, again, I I don't get discouraged when there's opposition. That means something good's about to happen, amen? And so uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 6, notice the very first word, amen? Here, amen? Here. For I will speak of, here's the phrase, excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. And then Proverbs chapter 17, if you want to flip over there and look at verse 7, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 7, 7. Notice again, we see uh, the first word of this verse is a word that we saw in verse 8 or chapter 8, verse 6. And here's the, here's the first phrase excellent speech. Amen. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. And then I'll just read this verse to you in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26, talking about the virtuous woman. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. And I want to give you a message entitled tonight, The Ten Laws of Excellent Speech. The Ten Laws of Excellent Speech. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you once again for allowing us to be here. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the way you love us and care for us. Thank you for your word. And God, these principles that you give us to live by. And I pray that we take these things, we'd apply them to our hearts, Lord, apply our hearts to wisdom. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, We've, of course, uh, the first couple weeks, the first message uh, was about the source of our tongue. And of course, that is from our heart. And if we want our, uh, our, our words to be right, we need to make sure our heart is right. Last week, we talked about, out of the book of James, a world of iniquity. And uh, we talked, uh, looked through there, and uh, man, we had some pretty, uh, looked at some pretty strong words the Scripture had to say about uh, uh, the, our tongue and, and where it uh, uh, gets its, uh, its wickedness and, and uh, garbage from sometimes that when we deal with that, uh, the source of that. And uh, again, Tonight, I want to give you these things. We notice that phrase there called excellent. I will speak of excellent things. Verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 6, excellent speech. And so here's the thing. If you're going to tame the tongue, then you know what you must do in your life as a Christian? We must have a willingness to pass some laws. 
Now, again, notice what it said about the, uh, the virtuous woman. In her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, what's a law? What's the purpose of a law? The purpose of a law is to restrain some things, right? I mean, come on, think, think about this, folks, how much anarchy there would be in this life if there was no law enforcement, right? You've got to have someone to enforce the law. And so you know what we're going to do? We're going to let the Bible uh, be the lawgiver. It's going to set the law. Now, guess what we're going to be? We're going to be the law enforcers when it comes to what this thing does or doesn't do. Amen? And by the way, you know what? That's called discipline. That's called self-control. Uh, that's where we as Christians need to get mature enough in our Christian lives uh, to where, you know what? With the help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to control some things. Amen? By the way, listen to me. As a Christian, I gave you a philosophy this morning uh, that uh, uh, that is a damnable philosophy, and that was the philosophy of follow your heart. Here's another one, alright? If it feels good, do it. Okay? Not a good philosophy. Amen? Not a biblical philosophy. No, you know what God says? God says, don't do the things you shouldn't do. Amen? And it's up to you to have self-control and self-denial in some areas. By the way, there's a word we as Christians don't like, right? Self-denial. Okay? We like to coddle our flesh. We like to uh, uh, appease our flesh. But that's not what God would have for us to do. So let's, let, let me give you some tonight. Now, obviously, if I'm giving you ten laws of excellent speech, amen, I got ten points, okay? And so uh, I, I will not belabor this. I will not uh, keep you here extra of what I normally do. Let me give these things to you tonight, amen? All right. And again, as I mentioned, uh, when we're done with this series, I'm going to type out for you these ten laws of excellent speech. I'm going to laminate them and make them in a size in such a way as where you can keep in your Bible. And it would do us all good every day as a Christian as we open our, uh, open our Bible and have our devotions uh, to just review these ten laws of excellent speech. Amen? So here we go. Let's get right into it. Law number one, and that is this, speak sparingly. Speak sparingly. Proverbs. Uh, uh, let's go to uh, where there uh, we were in chapter 8. Flip over to uh, chapter 7. Chapter 7. And... Um, I'm sorry, actually, uh, let's go to chapter 10. I apologize, I looked at the wrong reference there. Proverbs chapter 10, and look at verse 29. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, and verse 20, um, verse 19, verse 19. Notice what it says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And then we see in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 27, He that hath knowledge spareth his words. So the Bible gives us instruction about making sure that, you know, what with our words our words should just not just flow out of our mouth like water out of a brook amen we ought to learn to speak sparingly how many's ever heard this saying you're not going to learn anything with your mouth open amen and that's why god gave us two ears and one mouth because he wants to, us to listen twice as much as we talk all right and so i'll just say this uh you know what and this is true the more you talk the more likely we are to sin okay now listen god's not against talking Okay, God's not against fellowshipping. God's not against us uh, sharing things with one another. But I'll just say this, uh, if we're not careful and we're just always yak, 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 and I promise you before long, uh, some sin's going to happen. Amen? And uh, you know what? Uh, it almost is like a badge of honor if people are involved in gossip. You know, well, you know, we just like to gossip like that's a good thing. Let me just say this. You study that out in the Bible, that's not good. Amen? That's not a badge of honor to be wearing. 
Okay, that's not something good to be known by. And so the first law is this, is to speak sparingly. Now again, it doesn't mean, you know, when you come to church and, and someone uh, greets you, you just, you know, you go by and stare at them because you're trying not to talk, okay? That's not what it means, amen? But it's just uh, talking about that we need to be careful because it's teaching us that the more we talk, the more liable we are to say things we shouldn't say, amen? So number one, speak sparingly. Number two, and this leads right into the first one, uh, Speak only after thanking. Oh, man, that's, that's a good one right there. Amen. They're all good. That's a really good one. Amen. Speak only after thanking. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. James chapter 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, okay? So there ought to be some things we're quick at. We ought to be quick to hear. Amen. Again, that's why God gave us two of these things. All right. And so that we could, we could hear and we would be swift and quick to listen, but slow to speak. Now God has made us all in such a way to where your mind thinks way faster than this thing can talk. Okay. That's why sometimes I get a little tongue tied when I'm up here preaching because this thing is computing things way faster than it's coming out right here. Now, it comes out pretty fast right here, doesn't it? Amen. Uh, maybe y'all wish it'd come out a little slower. All right. Uh, but, uh, but no, the, our mind works faster than our tongue can talk. So here's what that means. Amen. We need to take time to think before we speak. Amen. Take time to think. Uh, again, folks, it would be wise for us to always constantly be reminded of these laws of excellent speech so that we will do just that, all right? We'll think about some things. You know what, truth be told, most people are afraid of silence. They're afraid of that. It seems like when someone asks a question, uh, uh, we automatically feel obligated to answer quickly. Let me just say, be careful about just answering quickly. The Bible instructs us to be slow to speak. Now, think about that for a minute, all right? Why would God say to be slow to speak? Because if you're slow to speak, and this thing works faster than this tongue can talk, that means before you're talking, you're thinking about what you're saying. Amen? Now listen, if somebody asks you something, and uh, you, don't know the, you don't know what they're, they're asking, or you don't know the answer, you don't have to give an answer. Okay, you don't have to just say something to say it. By the way, not every question deserves an answer. Do you know that? I mean, again, we're studying right now the parables of Jesus on Thursday night. And one of the things you find out when you study the life of Christ is that Jesus often ignored the loaded questions. Amen? Or most of the time, he answered a question with a question. Because I'm going to tell you this, Jesus set the ultimate example when it comes to speaking. And you know what? Not every person that demands you answer them, you need to answer. By the way, you know, this is a good answer sometimes. I don't know. I'll get back with you on that. I mean, come on, have you ever uh, maybe said, uh, given an answer, and then after you thought about it, come back with a better answer? I've done that before, amen? And so it's often wise to ask a person to allow you to think about something than it is to just blurt something out. Amen? Man, that's happened to me before. I've, I've started to say something, and in the process of getting ready to the syllable coming out of my mouth, I thought and I stopped. Amen. So much to so. What was that you're going to say? I'm nothing. <laughs> Amen. I, I've said that. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. nothing. Okay. And uh, why? Because we need to think before we speak. I'm going to tell you, if we're not careful, folks, we just get so, it's a habit. Yep. We get so used to just blurting stuff. And after we said it, we're like, oh my goodness, what did I just say? 
All right? But by the way, once your words are out, they're out. Okay? You can't take them back in. Amen? And so think before you speak. Number three, speak honestly. Now this ought to go without saying. Amen? But I can't believe how, how many times as Christians, you know what? We don't speak honest with our words. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, let every man speak, uh, let ev- speak every man truth with his neighbor. Proverbs 12, verse 17, He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Amen? Now listen, folks, it's very important that when we speak, we speak truth. All right? Proverbs chapter 6 contains a list of seven things that God hates. By the way, not just that He hates, it's an abomination to God. By the way, if you ever see that word abomination in your Bible, you better take heed to that. Amen? Because an abomination is not just something uh, you know God hates. It's something beyond hate to God. It's the highest form of an English word God has for something that He detests. And so listen, if it's an abomination, you don't want anything to do with it. Amen? And you know what you're going to find when you go to Proverbs chapter 6 and uh, uh, you see uh, uh, when it talks about speaking... Two of the seven things involve the sin of lying. Think about that for a minute. Okay, if God's going to give us a list of seven things He has an abomination, two of them has to do with things that are anti-truth. So you know what that tells us? Truth is important to God. Amen? Amen. And truth should be important to us. Now those uh, of you, maybe if you've ever been in a court of law or heard what they say in a court of law, uh, and I, I personally have never been in court for myself, all right? So uh, I'm just going off what I've heard people that have been, but I hope they still do. I don't know the way our country's changing, but they put their hand on the Bible, all right? And they repeat this, I swear to tell, here's what they say, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now why do they say it that way? Because you know there's different ways that people can lie. Okay? First of all, I, I, I swear to tell the truth. So you can uh, speak things that are completely opposite of truth. Okay? The whole truth. You realize that partial truth is still not the truth? Remember when I was a principal at a Christian school? You know, uh, you get on to a kid, and that kid wants to go home and uh, spin their side to their parents. Well, so-and-so did this to me. And then the parents all get in a ruffle. They're calling me. What happened with my kid? I said, did they tell you about what they did? Oh, no, they didn't tell me that part. Well, of course not. Okay? And that's why, let me just say this, and I think we talked about this this morning. Look, you need to hear both sides of every situation. By the way, here's what I found out. In most situations, now not always, okay, but in most situations, it's never a hundred zero. It's never 100% this person's fault, 0% this person's fault. Now, there are instances where that's the case, but most of the time it's not, especially when dealing with young people. Okay? There's always two sides to everything. And before, as parents, we just go start flying off the handle, losing our temper. Why don't you hear both sides of the story? Amen? Because there's the truth, there's the whole truth, and then there's nothing but the truth. By the way, you know if you tell the truth but leave out certain parts... Okay, that's still not the truth. Amen. And so we must learn as Christians to speak honestly. Amen. Speak honestly. Number four, we ought to speak with grace. Now, this is important because this goes right along with speaking honestly. Listen to what the Bible says in Colossians chapter four, verse six. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Amen. Now, this uh, follows speaking honestly on purpose. Because, folks, let me just say this. We should never, ever, ever speak an unkind truth. Amen? 
Uh, you know, grace is commonly defined as unmerited favor. It's favor shown, although we do not deserve it. By the way, if it wasn't for grace, all of us would be in trouble. Amen? Because none of us deserve what God gives us. Amen? It's unmerited favor. And that's what God bestowed. By the way, that's the only way God can deal with mankind. Amen? It's through grace. You know, even Noah, back in Genesis chapter 6, who is the most righteous man on the earth at the time, when God begins to talk about Noah, you know what it says about Noah? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Unmerited faith. I'm talking about the only righteous man left on the planet. Still, God dealt with Noah with grace. Amen? So if God dealt with Noah with grace, He for sure has to deal with us with grace. So you know what that means? We ought to deal with others with grace. Amen? And listen, folks, speak with grace. Notice what it says, season with salt. What is the main factor, at least back in the Bible days, when people use salt, all right? In our day, we use it to, uh, you know, uh, season the food. But truth be told, back then, it was more used to preserve things, okay? Salt preserves. It does not destroy. So here's what we're talking about. Even in speaking honestly, speak honestly with our speech, with grace, unmerited favor, in such a way where it will preserve and not destroy Amen? Now, I'm not saying there's not time to speak truth, but here's the thing, folks. Listen, even in speaking truth, you need to speak truth in grace. It's all about the delivery. It's all about the delivery. Amen? I mean, listen, you can may have to, uh, you know, deal with something with your children, and you know what needs to be dealt with. Amen? But you know what? You can do so in such a way. Yeah, it's truthful, but let me tell you, there was no grace whatsoever used in it. And by the way, you can destroy uh, the spirit of your young people by not learning this principle. Amen? And then, let me just say this, that also bleeds over on how we deal with each other. Okay? Come on, folks. Reality check. Okay? Not everybody's going to treat you the way you ought to be treated all the time. That's called life. Even, even amongst Christians. In fact, sad to say, sometimes Christians treat, treat each other worse than sometimes the lost world treats us. Now, not always, but sometimes that's the case. Amen? And so let me just say this, folks. It's so important as we deal with one another within the church of Jesus Christ, within even our own personal families, yes, speak honestly, but speak with grace. Now, here's a method that I learned. I've taught you this before, but it's worth repeating. Amen? That my pastor taught me is that when you deal with problems, use what's called the sandwich method. Again, we always relate something to food, aren't we? Amen? That'll be easy for us to realize, okay? What's that mean? That means this you got to deal with a negative, okay? You sandwich it between two positives. You start with the positive, you deal with the negative, you end with the positive. That's a great way when it comes to working with people, amen? And so always speak with grace. Number five, man, this is good. Speak only acceptable words. Acceptable words. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, folks, listen to me. This is so, so important for us as Christians. Amen? We need to filter every statement through the sieve of God's acceptance. Amen? Test every word against what He would deem correct. Because let me tell you something, folks. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of times things Christians that I hear saying, sometimes even that I've heard say within this church that just aren't acceptable. 
Okay? And we need to be very careful with what we allow to come out of our, our mouth. Amen? Listen to me, folks. Uh, you know what this does when we speak acceptable? It eliminates crude, vulgar, perverse, and even questionable words or phrases. Okay? Folks, come on, newsflash. You don't have to say a curse word to say a word that's just like the curse word that means the same thing. Okay? And we need to be careful of that as Christians. Amen? I mean, come on, what's the big deal? You change one syllable of, of, of a horrible curse word, and all of a sudden, because you didn't say that particular syllable, when we all know it means the same thing and sounds like the same thing, Okay? Come on now. Amen. I know I'm getting in your pee patch a little bit tonight, but that's okay. Amen? It's good for us. Because as Christians, we need to speak things that are acceptable. Listen to me, folks, okay? And I know some of this, uh, it, it just ought to be common sense. But there are certain things that should never be said in mixed company. Never be said. Not appropriate. Amen? All right? There's, there's certain things that we just don't need to talk about in the church house. We don't need to talk about the bedroom and the bathroom in the church house. Let's just be honest, amen? All right? There's just certain things that we don't need to talk about them, amen? Because it's just not acceptable. It doesn't do any good. And as Christians, we need to be different, amen? So only speak acceptable words. Number six, speak appropriately. And this kind of goes right along with what we just said. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. By the way, think about what that's saying here. I love the book of Proverbs, by the way. Man, it is packed, jammed full of wisdom. And you hear things like that. What's that mean? A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. You know what he's trying to say here is this. An appropriate statement is a work of art. Amen? It's a work of art. I mean, listen, folks, have you ever maybe been in a time in your life where somebody just said the exact right thing to you? Amen? And you know what? That's exactly what you needed to help you through a situation. By the way, wisdom will allow you to have that type of, uh, of speech. Amen? Speak appropriately. Listen to this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a, a time to every purpose under heaven. And then it goes on to give us a list of things that there's a time for. So here's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Before we speak, here it is, what time is it? Amen? And I don't mean what, what does the clock say, all right? What time is it? I mean, come on, humor is a wonderful tool, but by the way, it's not always appropriate, okay? You know what? From time to time, I'll use a little bit of humor here and there, but you know, I'm not going to go start cracking jokes if I'm preaching a funeral, Okay? I'm definitely cracking jokes if I'm preaching a wedding. Amen? Because that's just flat out funny. No, just kidding. But uh, no, humor is a wonderful tool. But you know what? It's not always the right tool. I mean, I know some people that they can't have a conversation without being sarcastic. Okay? Now, again, some of that's appropriate at some times, but you just need to be appropriate. Have wisdom. Remember, we're supposed to thank before we speak. Amen? Rebuke, oftentimes, especially when raising our children and other times, are needed. But again, folks, timing is everything. All right? Listen, if I see my kid do something, and I'm not going to you know, get up here in front of church and rip their face off in front of everybody. Okay? It's not appropriate. I'm not helping the situation. I'll deal with it in private. I'll make sure I deal with it, but I'm going to do it appropriately. Amen? So always speak appropriately. Always ask yourself, what time is it? Amen? Is this the right time to say this or not to say this? And filter our words through that principle right there. Number seven, this is good. Speak respectfully. Speak respectfully. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. The Bible says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men 
men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. You know what this is describing for us? The relationships in the church. Amen? And how, and notice here, all those relationships end with this phrase, with all purity. And there ought to be pure relationships in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pure relationships. And in fact, uh, the Apostle Paul had to take almost a whole book dealing with uh, uh, problems in the church because things weren't done in a pure manner. Amen. We ought, ought to always make sure our relationships in the church are with purity. But back to the first part of that verse where it says, rebuke not an elder. Amen. And so always be respectfully. It's very important that we consider the tone in which we address people. Amen? I mean, listen, as a young person, you should never sound as if you're rebuking someone older than you. I am appalled at the way I hear young people talking to elder people. Let me tell you, that's wicked as hell when young people disrespect elderly people by talking to them in a disrespectful tone. Amen? And so listen to me. Always be respectfully uh, or speak respectfully. All right? And I think we do pretty good about this around here, but it's just good to remind us. But hey, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing old-fashioned with saying sir and ma'am. That's a good thing. Amen? All right, and uh, at the church house, we we usually uh, um, uh, speak with one another, and we usually use the the term brother or sister. That's appropriate, amen. By the way, that's biblical. All right, young people, do not call uh, do not call uh, elders by their first name. Disrespectful. Amen. You say, preacher, that sounds old fashioned. No, it's just Bible, amen. amen. And yes, it is old-fashioned. We need to get back to that old-fashioned stuff. Amen? Be appropriate how we speak, all right? And it's important that we uh, use proper titles and things of that sort. And I'll just say this, amen? And I'm not saying this for self-edification, but as the Bible says, I magnify mine office, all right? It's appropriate to call the pastor, Pastor so-and-so, amen? All right? It's disrespectful to call the pastor by his first name. That's disrespectful, amen? Now, I'm not upset with anybody if that's what you have done or have known, but you know what? That's what I prefer because it is scriptural, amen? All right? And we ought to be respectful. And uh, young people, respect your parents. Uh, they're better, I better, if I ever hear a kid in this church say this phrase, old man or old lady, all right? You're probably going to be, I'm probably going to be fixing some drywall, okay? All right? Now, I don't think I would actually probably do that. But, but I would be peeling some paint off the drywall by the rebuke you'd be getting. Amen? And it would be appropriate. But let me just say, don't ever disrespect your parents by saying that. Amen. That ticks me off. Well, my old man, my old lady. Let me tell you, that is wicked as hell. Amen? Amen? That's disrespectful. No, they're the parents God's given you. And let me tell you, we need a good, old-fashioned dose of, of respectfulness in this generation. Amen. And by the way, parents, it's our responsibility to teach that to our children. Amen? When, I, when, we, when me and the boys are in people's homes doing work, I get more compliments because my sons use that phrase, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. They almost are like taken back by the fact that they're still teenagers that know how to talk that way, amen? Well, you know where they learn to talk that way? As their parents, they were taught to talk that way, amen? All right? So, parents, it's our job, our responsibility to teach our children respect. Let me just say this. The best way to learn respect is for them to see respect. Amen? Because more is, ta- is, is, is you can teach better by what you do than necessarily what you say. Amen? And so let's speak respectfully. Let, let, let's keep the, the, the boundary lines where they need to be. And, uh, even, folks, listen to me. All right? And I will say this to you. If you need to come to me and you disagree with me on something, guess what? I'm not going to be mad at you. Because guess what? Not everybody agrees on everything. By the way, you don't have to agree with the pastor 100% to attend this church. 
Okay? The only person you need to agree 100% with is God. Amen? Listen, we're human beings. We're going to have differences of opinion on things. All right? Now, if, 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 as long as you can agree to disagree and still be respectful, not cause problems in the church, then be here. Amen? All right? But if you have a problem with something and you want to talk to me about it, here's what I always say. I'm very approachable about things. But just do so in a respectful way. Okay? I mean, you know, if you want to come to me in a big huff and start screaming in my face and tell me how wrong I am, then you know what? That You're probably not going to get a great response from me. Now, I'll try to be as kind as possible. Amen? But listen, it all means this. Be respectful. Okay? And that goes as we speak with one another. From time to time, I promise you it's true. I, I warn you of this often because I know how the devil works. Amen? There's going to be differences come within the congregation. If we handle it scripturally, it won't do damage to the church. But even in the midst of handling it with one another, do it respectfully. Amen? Listen, if, you're, if, you're, if you have to go to someone and talk to them about a problem, leave your attitude outside. Okay? Don't walk in with your feelings on your sleeve. Okay? Listen, love, let's love one another enough to deal with things and deal with it properly. Amen? So speak respectfully uh, in the things that we say. Number eight, how about this? Never speak evil of another person. James chapter 4, verse 11. It says this, a clear Bible command. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Speak evil of no man. Now that word evil goes beyond just saying something that is true uh, but negative. That word evil in these verses speaks to motive. And here's what these verses are plainly saying. Don't purposely say anything that's designed to defame someone. Don't be a reputation assassin. Amen? It's carnal and prideful to publicly or privately spread any story, true or false, that blackens someone's reputation. The Bible's very clear on that. Amen? I mean, come on, folks. Uh, uh, we, we need to make sure that, we're, again, we're, we're, we're using common sense and Bible sense when it is, when we come to the things that we, st- when, when we say. Amen? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the, the, even preachers, are, 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 I've heard preachers do this. I mean, get up from a pulpit. By the way, use the sacred desk to get up and defame and speak evil of other preachers. Wicked as hell. Wicked. Now, there's people out there that I promise you I disagree with. Okay? There's, there, there's, there's even other good preachers that, that are, are doing things, saying things that, that I'm not going to... But I'm not going to ever get up and speak evil of them in such a way that's going to defame them. By the way, let me just teach you another good Bible principle tonight. It's nothing to do necessarily with what I'm talking about, but it's a good Bible principle. God always takes care of His man, good or bad. Good or bad. Okay, This, this happened in my own family. I've told this story to some of you before. My grandfather, back in the 1960s, pastored a church. And you know what? Uh, he went into that church and did what a good pastor ought to do, tries to lead and take the oversight and be a biblical pastor. Well, you know what? The church was full of a bunch of diatrophies who didn't want that. And so the deacons got together uh, and, and started uh, trying to uh, uh, get rid of my grandpa. Three of the deacons, there were five deacons, three of them were against him, two of them were for him. And I understand sometimes there's differences, but these men weren't, the reason they didn't want him is because he was a biblical pastor. And these three deacons that were against him treated him in a very evil way. In fact, so much to so, where they got together and they, uh, uh, they, they, they manipulated the church to vote my grandfather out on a Sunday and told him he had to be out of the parsonage on a Monday. Now you tell me that that's treating a man of God right. By the way, you know what? The three deacons that did that, within one year they were dead. 
God killed them. All three of them. And the two that stood with my grandfather went on to be prosperous. Okay, One was a, a businessman who ended up, when he died, was a millionaire because of the business that God blessed. Amen? And so all I'm saying, folks, is this. God takes care of His man good and bad. Now, I'm not saying if a pastor is doing something unscriptural, he shouldn't be called on it. Okay? Here's what I always say, folks. There's only one ultimate authority, and that's God. And you, as the congregation, you hold me as the pastor accountable to the Word of God. Amen? And if I'm doing something unscriptural, it's right for you to come to me and say that to me and show me from the Bible what's unscriptural about what I'm doing or what I'm saying. But if... What you disagree with is your opinion based upon what I'm doing. Don't come to me with, that with your opinion. Amen? You come to me with Scripture. Alright? And I'll sit down with the Scripture with you and we'll look at it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay? Because God's Word has ultimate authority. But even in the process, I'm just saying, folks, we must be very, very careful about speaking evil of another person. Amen? Number nine. The Bible says this, uh, or, or the principle is this, never praise yourself. Never praise yourself. And the Bible does say that, actually. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. Nothing turns people off faster than a person who is a legend in their own mind. I mean, my goodness. I've met people like that before, and I can't believe they weren't double-jointed as much as they tapped themselves on their back, man. I mean, every story they told, they were the hero of. I mean, you know, everything about them was about them. Let me tell you, especially... Now, this is true with anybody but especially with young people. That will turn your, that, that'll give you a bad reputation just about as fast as anything when it comes to adults. Amen? Listen, folks, don't praise yourself. If, if you're going to get praised, the Bible says, let another man praise thee. And even when someone else does praise you, take that with a grain of salt. Okay? Here's what I heard a preacher say one time. Compliments are like cologne. They may smell good, but they'll poison you if you drink them. Amen? Or they'll poison you, you'll get poisoned if you drink it. Okay? Now listen to me. Don't ever get so proud and haughty that, you know, you can't function in life unless somebody's singing your praises. Amen? And, and, and don't ever praise yourself. Here, here, here's a good idea. Why don't you just let God take care of all that stuff? Amen? The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Amen? talks about how that if we'll humble ourselves, God will exalt us in due time. You let God worry about doing the lifting up. Let's just all stay humble. Amen? Amen. Humble. And here's what I always say. Uh, if someone wants to give you a compliment, then reflect it right back to God. Well, thank you for saying that, but you know what? Praise the Lord, man. The, Lord's a, the Lord sure is good, isn't He? Amen? And that's appropriate, and that's kind, and that's the way it ought to be, and so don't ever praise yourself. And then number 10, last of all, man, I did good, didn't I? 10 points in about uh, 25, 30 minutes, amen? Number 10, you ready? Here it is. Speak the gospel boldly. Speak the gospel boldly. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Man, Brother Paul, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Listen to me, folks. When God gives you an opportunity to witness, give it all you got. Amen? Speak boldly for the Lord Jesus Christ. Always be ready to share your testimony with someone who is without Christ. I'm going to tell you, God will give us opportunity if we'll just look for it. Amen? Don't be afraid to speak the gospel. In fact, I kind of remember Jesus saying that if we deny Him, He'll deny us before the Father. Think about that for a minute. Okay? What's He doing right now at the right hand of the Father? He's, he, he's making intercession for us. He's there on our behalf to the Father when we pray to Him. So Jesus says, you know what? Go ahead and deny me. 
Go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, uh, don't associate yourself with me. Don't speak boldly for me. I'll do the same thing to the Father for you. Wow. Amen? I think that we ought to be taking uh, the, the opportunities God gives us and speaking about the gospel in a very bold way. So excellent speech is a hallmark of excellent character. Amen? I'm going to tell you, folks, I encourage us as Christians, yield your tongue to God. Yield it to God. By the way, in doing so, you'll achieve a level of Christian maturity and discipline that will serve you well all throughout your life. Because all I know is this. The times where I've been in trouble a lot and, and things that, that I've got myself into situations, it usually has to do with this thing right here. Usually that's what it has to do with. Amen? And so let's take these things, let's apply them to our life, let's ask God to help us. And remember what we talked about last week in James chapter 3, verse 2. If any man offend not in word, the saint is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. So again, God says, if you get this thing dealt with, with His help and His power, you know what? You're well on your way to spiritual maturity. Amen? And so uh, let's take these ten laws of excellent speech and let's apply them to our lives.